straight from South Africa. South Africa. This is the strange and mysterious world with your hosts, Lee Straightman, William Paulson, Paulson. Good evening and welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of Strange and Mysterious World with your hosts, William and Lee. Um, well, I don't know if you can see, I'm wearing my, my Springbok jersey. Um, so I'm yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jeez, won the World but you Cup can see, you, you, yeah, but the problem is on my jersey, you can see that it says uh, 2011. We actually lost it that year. That's <laughs> the bad luck uh, the bad luck jersey this way. Uh, did you wear that at the game? But, uh, no, no. She's, I didn't watch. No, uh, actually, I was banned from watching the the game. Wow, what? Uh, no, I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, <bro. laughs> yeah, I, I get the I get, pub anymore. Now I get pretty angry. So, um, your wife banned you. I was going to ban you. No, my wife said, "Hey, that's it, Jay. You're out. <laughs> You've got a red card." Hey, my gosh! But that's like. Come on, man! It was the World Cup. You didn't watch? Didn't you watch the last game? Well, I didn't watch it either. <laughs> no, nah. nah. So I was going to say, William, uh, uh, the man, need the yeah, need the for the for the people overseas who don't understand what I just said. It's just uh, we on the green side, not the white side. Especially for the for the British supporters there. <laughs> they don't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, color of the jersey. So. Um, yeah, so we're going to be uh, chatting about um, alchemy today. Yes. So I, I, I've, I've realized we're going to have a get-rich-quick scheme because we're going to be turning lead gold, isn't it, alchemy? Yeah, well, that, well, that's what everybody thinks. <laughs> that's what yeah, I don't know. So I, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but before we actually get into that, um, we've started the the Munro Institute's um, one of the exercises there, the gateway experience, um, the waves one through to seven. And uh, how far are you, Will, in that uh, that Monroe Institute thing? Well, 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 let me let's maybe just 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 quickly just uh, give a description of what the Monroe Institute is and what um, what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Work it. Uh, well, basically, the Mon- uh, well the, the Monroe Institute is an institute for people to go and they i mean they they do quite a lot of different spiritual things but their main focus was i don't know what the I'm sure the main focus still is now is to for people to go there and they get like a week where they can um they teach you uh different um methods and techniques of how to have body out of body experiences and it was uh discovered by this guy named robert monroe that he wrote a book. Oh, geez, I don't know when it was. Was it in the seventies or when was it? He wrote a book called uh, "Journeys Out of the Body," I think it was called. Mm. Mm. And um, and that kind of put out of body experiences on the map for I think the Western world. And uh, he basically, um, well, I mean, because I read the book quite a while ago, so I'm just trying to think what it was about again. But I mean, it really, it really um, impacted my life quite quite a lot um not impacted but like i was on a spiritual journey i was doing meditations like um quite frequently well my uh i was in this relationship with my ex um and she was well she's always unhappy with me with everything that's why she's my ex but she was always telling me i'm not present i must go meditate right so i would go meditate like uh, twice a day and i started having these profound experiences 
I mean, I meditated for like twice a day for three months. I mean, it's quite a long story, so I'm just going to cut it short here. Anyway, so I was having these profound experiences while I, I was meditating, and I, and so I realized that this is a thing. Like, it's, this is there's something to this so but i got so obsessed with it i was thinking like so i started on the internet and i started researching like i mean this is where my spirituality began with like i'll have to talk about it on a longer podcast or whatever but and because of my background i've had like a bit of an addictive personality so i mean so like me you know not not you know i don't go to the bar i wouldn't go to the bar and just have a beer i would be like you know give me the straw rum so now like now i see that there's meditation things like a like a is, is working as a thing so like i now i want the, the the most craziest meditation so like i'm on the internet like searching like like trying to find um you know like the the most like hectic meditation i can find and i started researching out of body experiences and i like this is what i want i want to do because i because i know that this this meditation thing it actually works so so i, I started reading books on out-of-body experiences and i read the the uh, robert monroe um book and um i started doing his techniques but he only discusses one technique in that book which is like you lie on your bed and you kind of like push yourself um if i can recall you push yourself like out of your head you, you know you know you stare at a point in front of your, your eyes like about 30 centimeters and you concentrate for a long time long time then you stare at 60 centimeters in front of your eyes and you concentrate and then you do 90 centimeters and then you push that thing back above your head and then you start pushing that out into the, the abyss and you push it and you push it and you push it and you push it until um, you're supposed to have this out of body experience. And there's this, and, and, and there's a whole lot of other things that there's, there's clues and, and things that you, that, that before that, that, that hint that you're going to be having this experience, like they call about the vibrational stage where your body goes into this intense vibrational stage. Which also with the Bushmen actually um, used to, would talk about when they would have out of body experience because they would dance around the fire until they would get into this trance and then they would say that the bees they would hear the bees coming the bees the bees and then they would say that they would exit out of the back of their neck and then they would just fall over while they're dancing on on the, on the floor, um, and then they would have and then they would journey out like a shamanic kind of journey out of the body into animals and stuff like that. So the, I mean that's from the the Bushmen's point of view um that i read about somewhere as well um but so i was trying that technique for for a while that didn't work then 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 i went on i read william buhlman's book I, um because i forgot what that book was called but that one was really fascinating and he also works he used to work at the minor institute i don't know if he still does but um and he discussed in that book quite a lot of out of body techniques, right? But basically, what it came down to reading all these techniques, and I also did a lot of different courses. And I spent a lot of money trying to do these things. But it's basically you got to try and keep your mind awake while your body falls asleep. And there's like a point, and you can do this through visualization or feeling or, or something. The feeling one's kind of weird because they always say like, if you out of the body and you want to come back to your body, just think about your body. You come back to your body, or like you, or the or they say whatever you do when you start having the vibrational sensations or whatever do not think about your body because you'll go back to your body so there is a technique where you kind of feel like you've got to feel your body rolling back and forth back and forth back and forth and it always feels weird because i'm thinking about my body so i don't know how that one really works to the whole the philosophy behind why how to do it but so i'll try these techniques and over the last three 
four years i've been trying different ones and i but they say you've got to try for a minimum of 60 days um every night before you fall asleep and that you only start having results after like 60 days and i did have I had a, quite a uh, i had three quite interesting experiences i actually but i think they were more like lucid dreams because um the way that they exp explain it in the book it's like it's almost like more real than real like more it's like more like your conscious reality that you're in now it's even more real than that and um the ones that i had was were like kind of well the, uh, like um the ones that i had like i couldn't actually move the because they say like where you where you think your body will move and i was like in a in a state where i couldn't actually move but i could kind of see and um but it was like there was like lights in the distance and uh, the curtains were open in my room. And, but then when I woke up, the curtains were actually closed and I was always wondering what those lights were outside. And it seemed more like a dream than like, a, it didn't seem realer than real, but it did. So I'm thinking it was more of a lucid dream. And, um, and I had a few, but very interesting experiences like that, but I didn't have it. What, how they describe it in the book. So, uh, um, but, it, but the thing is, it was so hard that I kept on getting discouraged, like especially after 60 days and also being in the film industry and having to wake up at five o'clock in the morning or four or three o'clock in the morning sometimes. And you're trying this thing at night time <laughs> and also concentrating so hard because you got to like, you got to visualize these things. And that sometimes I would, it would make me stay awake for like an hour trying to visualize these things. And I like, it's like 12 o'clock at night. I'm trying to have this out of my experience. I've got to wake up at three to get to set. It wasn't, you know, it was quite, so I, I'll get discouraged and I would not do it for a while and I'd get back into it. And, um, and uh, so it's been a process. Um, and then also, the, I, I also, cause I've been initiated into the modern mystery school. There is another, uh, they also teach you how to do out of body experience there, which is also a very different technique from all of the techniques that you learn on the internet on the, and on the, and on the, on, on the, on the Monroe Institute and books and stuff is very different. Um, but well, talking, also, sorry, talking, uh, talking about the modern mystery school, we've obviously got a guest a little later on um, Julia Tiffin. Uh, she's a, uh, Specialist teacher at the Modern Mystery School. I think you attended it. Eh? We'll, we'll chat about that as well. Yes, I think she yes, teaches. Yes. Uh, you, she teaches in the UK, Africa, uh, and in Europe, as far as I can, uh, as far as I know. Yes. So she's, um, mm. yeah, she's quite a high initiative in the Modern Mystery School, and she'll be, yeah, we're luckily to get heavy in her on the show later on. And it's basically to teach about, uh, to tell us about hermetics and. Um, Alchemy, because that's Alchemy. what they teach mm -hmm. in the modern mystery school, one of the things. Um, but uh, but anyway, getting back to the, the out-of-body experiences. So um, anyway, they teach one. So I did the class of the, the astral travel thing in, in the modern mystery school, and uh, I didn't have any success there either. But the gateway experience that the modern Monroe Institute offer, it was so expensive, well, just to go there, it's obviously to America to do it. But then not only that, is that they actually offer the 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 discs because there's another thing another way to do the technique is that you put on these headsets uh but the thing is with the monroe institute geez, <laughs> going on like crazy here, but robert monroe like how he discovered out-of-body experiences that he was studying he was trying to uh, enhance the study capability and he came across the this this thing that you would listen to to try and enhance your frequencies in your brain or whatever and then it kind of like put him into like a altered state of consciousness and he started having these spontaneous out-of-body experiences by just lying down sometimes on the couch like 
just having a nap and then he would just pop out of his body and so then he got really into uh, uh, like making uh, binaural beats where I think it, it might have, I don't know if he started that or whatever, but that is Hemisync, that it's the brand or whatever his company that he started. And it basically make one tone. So when you're in, when you're in the normal state, we're in beta. If you you know if you're relaxing, your brain goes into alpha. If you're just about to drop off to sleep or in deep meditation, you go to theta. Or if you're just in a normal meditation, alpha. And then there's uh, theta, then beta, which is like I'm not beta, um, gamma, which is like the, the uh, monks. There's extreme high concentration. Or actually, when monks meditate, they usually go into gamma. But it's usually, that's when you have really altered state of consciousness of having, you know, maybe transcendental experiences of you know feeling one with the universe and all of that and then um and there you're saying delta before gamma is actually delta when you're sleeping so then with the binaural beats is the one frequency goes into the one ear and a different frequency goes into the 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 other ear and then your brain like kind of just balances out the missing frequency between the two and then that puts your brain into that kind of state so you go into theta or alpha or delta whatever binaural beats you've bought so that's the hemisync, so that's now that that's the technology that you put on while you you're trying to fall asleep, and it puts your brain into that state of consciousness where you can more easily induce an out of body experience. So, I've always wanted to buy that that thing because it's the gateway experience from um from Monroe Institute, but it was too expensive. It was like I don't know two thousand dollars when I last checked. But anyway, we've got it now. Sorry, and now I've just taken up all the space. So you. Lee, hit us. No, what, what, cool. what is your experience with out-of-body experience? Tell me your journey. Well, I started on disc one, which is a wave one. That is the intro. And I'm still stuck on intro. <laughs> I can't get past that disc. It's like I put it in and I can hear the waves going. And you know that. And you can hear the guy talking. He says, uh, if you can hear me in your right ear, you must put me in your right ear. So I... Sometimes I had it on my left side, so I just got to swap him over. The problem is, as soon as he says that, I'm asleep. Dude. So he says, can you hear me in your right ear? So, no, I, it's, the, it's, the, it's the best sleeping CD I've ever found. <laughs> like, I can't get past that freaking stage. I tried it for a week flat out, dude. I promise you I'll wake up two in the morning and the, and the headphones are still on my ears. So, so $2,000. <laughs> The best sleeping, <laughs> sleeping the best sleeping CDs ever. Yes, this is something like you know, maybe for insomnias, like they insomniacs, they should just pay the two thousand dollars and get them to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, look, I do sleep pretty quick. I'm, I'm one of those that if I put a CD on, I don't hear the first song. I get halfway through the first song and then I'm ready to sleep. So that that's pretty cool. But this is even quicker. Okay. Saying that, I think saying that one of the, the the one night I had a dream, but it was like weird. Um, it was like almost a. It seemed real because uh, it was like somewhere out in the desert. I think it might have been. It felt like I was overseas because obviously when I went in South Africa, so. And uh, I, all I can say is, it felt like it, uh, there was an underground. Um, what what would you call it? An underground base, but it was made of the same material that a ship is made of. So it's not like you know that painted metal. That's it's like a weird paint on a ship. It's not it's not like your normal. If you go and touch your metal 
outside in the building and you touch a ship metal, it's it's a very weird type of paint. Yeah. And it, like it, it had this. Yeah, yeah, it had this type of paint on it, and it was weird. I, I was finding weird stairs going down into weird rooms, and it was. But we'll 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 chat about that some some other time there. Definitely. Tell me about it now. <laughs> All right. So basically, so when, the, um, when we were, was this? Was when it? was this? Was this on your disc two? What this 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 was a disc one intro. Yeah. Um, so this was the one that I haven't got off. Yeah, the one that I haven't got off. Okay. Um, I, I kind of lost. I lost him. I, I was asleep after he, he hadn't even finished talking. Oh, I was already asleep. I think this was the second night I tried it. So, um, I remember there was an army base. I got into a bus with a whole lot of people. We had to go and I don't know. We were traveling somewhere out into the desert, and so we managed to get to this place. And I was following a whole group of people on this. You, you couldn't see it from the ground. When you got there, you could actually climb into this. There was like a dip. And then there was this metal in the ground. And um, I could hear these aircraft um, above. They were kind of not jet aircraft, more like a propeller, propeller type aircraft. And they were flying around at the top. And I could hear the people, I could hear the pilots talking. So I don't know if it was coming from somewhere around, maybe there was a, a, a radio somewhere around where I could hear it, but I could hear the pilots talking. And um, they were saying they could see the the sensors, and I was walking over the sensors. So I, I was trying to avoid the sensors because I could see them when I was walking. And then I found this tunnel. I, I looked down, and I could see this tunnel, but it went deep down into the ground. And I think aircraft were coming from underneath it. It was like this hidden, almost like a hidden base where there were these weird aircraft that were there. And so I managed to climb up this tunnel and I went up, I landed up going into a general's room and he was very surprised when he saw me. He was like, what the hell are you doing here? Um, and then I kind of, I woke up after that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a weird, it seemed real, but uh, I don't know. Never seen a place before in my life. So, so is this, was this like a vivid dream or was this like a, what, what do you call it? Probably out of body in a dream dimension or? Were you in a past uh, life? Uh, what was going on here? No, hey, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But everything seemed, you know, why would you dream of metal that's like a ship? I mean, that's that's too that's too specific. If that makes sense. It's not like, you know, you see in the movies and you 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 jump on this metal thing and it, it looks like the standard metal that you get in the shops. I mean, that's what you would normally think of. This is actually like a ship metal. From the sea, it's very, very specific. So I don't know. I mean, it could have been, it could have been um, perhaps a, a projection of some sorts. Perhaps it was uh, a past life. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Okay. But anyway. But but you you uh, described to me that you have had an out of body experience before, though. I did actually. Um, it just it happened once. It was it was weird. I did this. It's called the rollout technique. So yeah. what had happened? I still remember that. I still remember it was it was very very hot that um, that night. Um, I'm trying to remember the, the aircon wasn't on because I got an aircon in the room, so the aircon wasn't on. And I felt very very hot, but 
I don't know. It was I was asleep, but I was awake. If that makes any sense. Um, I was awake in my head, but I couldn't open my eyes, and I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't move my arms. It was almost like I was paralyzed. Sleep paralysis. But yeah, but but it was weird because I was completely awake, and I thought, "Geez, okay, I'm going to try and roll out to the bed, uh, out of my bed. I'm going to try and roll." And I promise you, uh, with effort, like you normally would um, if you were um, climbing out of the bed, I pushed myself and I rolled and I, st- I got out of bed and I stood up. I thought, okay, cool. And then I, uh, I started walking, but it felt weird. It was like, uh, you know, I looked down, I could see myself. And I thought, oh, yeah, yes, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. This the f- I, I, It's real. It works. And the first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to go up into my neighborhood. I wanted to fly because that's one thing I've always wanted to do. It's, it's a, one of the a fantasy that I just want to, if I could get out of my body, I would fly around the world. And um, I started going up into the ceiling and I could see all the dirt in the ceiling. I could see the, the bricks. And as I started coming out into the roof, my body went straight back into my body and I started having a lucid dream. But I remember that clearly when I woke up the next day, I was like, oh, man, it's the first time it's ever, ever happened. And I've, I've, all, I've tried it so many, many times. But I, I promise you, it was, it was pretty cool. So, sorry, there's like a few questions I want to ask you now. So when you came into back into your body, because they say that there's like you get a tingling sensation when you're back in your body. Which mm. when I, the three times where I had experiences, but they weren't, as crazy as when they talk about in the books and that every time when I came back into my body, I would have tingling sensations, especially in my arms. And that's a, that's a sign that you've had this, the outer body experience. I would get excited and be like, okay, well, I've got the tingling sensation. Something must've really happened. I mean, I actually wrote the down the experiences. I wish I could, uh, where, I don't know where, where I, I was trying to look this, before this thing to find out where I could, where I wrote it down, which book or whatever. But, um, so did you get any of those sensations? Did you get the buzzing sensation uh, before you left? Not not at all. So I probably I probably woke up or consciously after all of that had happened. And did um, you get tingling? No, because I went straight to a lucid dream. I, th- I think what, what I can remember when I went back into my body, I started dreaming. And I was dreaming about some faraway land where I was flying around and all sorts of stuff. But And that was different. Because okay. there I knew I was I was in a dream, but the, previously I actually thought I was awake, and I thought I was in my room. And only when I looked down and I saw myself, I thought, "Oh, oh yes, yeah." Jeez, that must have been quite an experience. <laughs> and how did it change you at all? Like after that, because apparently <clears throat> when people describe their out of body experiences, it changes them so profoundly. They even like change their whole careers. They change their whole lives. They become very spiritual. Um, you know, it's like it's a it's a sane because you actually really and truly experience that you're not just your body. You actually are something way more amazing. Well, the, the only thing that really changed because I've always been a, a spiritual type person. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I've been, I am now what I've always been. The only thing that really changed is I realized then that we are not this physical body. I know there's something else when you when you pass on and when when this physical body dies, you something you become something else. So I know that I know that I've experienced it. People can say oh, it was a, but like it's a dream, or it was a. 
Yeah. It's not. I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. I know for a fact. So I can speak from experience. And, and but the um and any of your anxiety in life and stuff now that you know that you 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 are not just the body. I mean, did your anxiety, did any of your anger issues fade away or drop or anything like that change? Um, well, I've never, you know, besides rugby um or watching sport like Man United losing, um, those are the only times I'd really get angry. But otherwise, um, I'm a very calm person, so I don't I don't get angry for for silly things. Okay. Well, okay, rug, rugby and, and, and soccer is pretty silly, but yeah, can't help that. Okay, so, <laughs> and, then, and then how did you even like find out? I mean, because the Rolex technique is the, you know, obviously is one of the techniques. That's the one I was describing when you actually are thinking about your body. Like, well, not thinking, you like you, like, you got to like feel your body rolling to the left, into the right, into the left, and you keep thinking this, but like a line completely still, but you're just imagining mm. yourself rolling left and right, left and right, left and right, until you slowly drift off, and then and then you're supposed to just roll out of your body when that stage where you, your body, you're supposed to fall asleep, but that keeps your mind awake, and then you kind of roll out of your body. So like, how did you come to that technique? How How was your interest in, in out-of-body experiences sparked? No, so look, I'd been trying previously, um, many, many years. I'd, I'd been trying here, trying there, trying this, because I've always believed um, in this type of thing. My grandparents apparently experienced it quite often. So I, I kind of grew up with it. But I wasn't lying on my back when this happened. I was actually on my side. I was on my right side. And when I woke up in the paralyzed state, I was still lying on my right side, but I couldn't move. So I was trying to, I had to try and almost force myself to roll out, I thought, okay, I want, to, I need to get up, and I, I eventually I forced myself to roll backwards so I could stand up because my I, I normally face my wife. I, st- I lie on the left of the of, of the bed, she lies on the right. Uh, oops, so I normally face her, but uh, when I rolled out, uh, the the back of the bed is where I normally climb out, so I had to do a major roll, and that's that's kind of where that happens. So. So it wasn't something I'd, you know, I'd read about the rollout this and I'd heard about stepping out of your body using a, a like a, a light ladder from your from your mind that you're climbing out through your head. But, you know, there, there's so many different versions of, of how to get out, but I found that one worked actually, well, that worked for me. So, but I, I've tried it again after that, it never worked. So <laughs> just, it was a one-off. Yeah. I was yeah. hoping this Monroe Institute thing would work because you know I'm 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 hoping to get it again, but if I can't get past disc one, I'm I'm stuffed. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking forward to doing the this Monroe technique as well because um, it seems like I'm on I'm on I'm on disc uh, three now, um, and I also kind of doze off, but I can sort of like it's weird because it's, I feel like I'm awake, but I'm not awake what I'm doing it and I can hear him, but he teaches you like things to do in the first two, then in the third, and then on the fourth one. Now you got to like the things he's told you what to do in the first three. Now on the fourth one, I see you got to like, you got to, so just remember now you, you're doing the disc, just remember what he's telling you on the three. Cause on the fourth, he, he's not telling you what to do anymore. You got to, you got to visualize all that stuff by yourself, but it's got the binaural beats going. Um, and, uh, and then I, I remember waking up from the third one. And just feeling like, um, well, not waking up, sorry, when it finished, kind of feeling like very wavy. Like I felt like, I don't like I was, like, 
Like you know when you disconnect day and you get off onto the ocean onto the the shore and your body feels like it's still rocking mm. dead still. That's mm. what it felt like after the third one. So I'm really hoping that this is going to be my breakthrough, um, and we'll keep on going through the. Keep on going through. That actually uh, sounds like that sounds like one of the, uh, the the stages because you normally would feel that's it's, it's almost like you're dizzy. That means you, your your soul or spirit or whatever is getting dislodged. It's starting to dislodge itself. Okay, well that. That's, so that's, I think I, I think that's right. I think what you're feeling there is is one of the one of the smaller the smaller stages. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. So um, my. You know, I was mentioning a little bit earlier that my my grandparents were uh, astral projectors. Was actually my great grandparents, and uh, they were spiritualists. But I kind of grew up with, uh, you know, with grew up around people that had these astral projections as a constant, and I always tried, but never never succeeded. I mean, my you know, we we will discuss other stuff because I mean, my my mom saw plenty of supernatural things. Which we can discuss as well, um, you know, when we get th- to another episode. But um, yeah, so astral projection, tried, got it right once. I know that there's something else out there when you die, when you pass on. And I know for a fact. So for me, you asked me the question earlier if it's if it changed me. Not really, but it did change the the. The understanding and the the now knowing, without doubt, one hundred percent, that there is something else when you die. Oh, see, that's what I'm. So it's, it's not like you, it's not like you just pass off and you don't remember anything, or not not that you become non-existent. That's that's not that's not true. Yeah, well, let's see. I'm 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 still wanting to get that explained, but in William Bjorman's book, um. I'm sure I knew what the book was called now. But anyway, it was his first book on that. Um, yeah, he he described his first uh, astral projection. Well, he was speaking to a neighbor, and then the neighbor said that he, he came out of his body and he was on the ceiling, like looking at himself and how profound it was or whatever. It was, it was a spontaneous one. So then William Blumen went away and started researching this, and you know, there was no internet and stuff when he was looking at it. So he found some... Kind of esoteric books on the subject and stuff, and uh, and he learned this one technique, which is the one that I've had the most success with, because I've tried like a lot of them, as I said, like you know, doing it for sixty days in a row, and, and the one I had the most success for was you visualize three things in your house. Well, he says don't visualize in your house; it's just visualize it in someone else's house, or like, well, he said he said he visualized it in his mother's house. He, there was an ashtray that he made. And a picture that he made, and like some other thing, I can't remember. And um, he said he would like walk, he would visualize himself walking to each of these objects and looking at them, and like, like trying to remember in detail how everything looked. And then he would put it down and like how it weighed, it felt the weight of it and the de- texture and everything. And then he would put it down, and then he would walk across to the to the other thing, and then you pick it up. And then he said eventually he, everything in the room became so clear to him, visualized like like he could see the texture on the couch and everything in the room and like his mind kind of just sort of rebuilding everything and um and then and then he said that he started having profound dreams because he would always like fall asleep while he was doing his visualizations and he would have these profound he would start his dreams would become more and more vivid and then that's what i also noticed when i started doing that i mean i didn't have such a 
great way of like reconstructing a room or anything like and and the objects and that but my dreams did become very vivid more and more vivid and then he also says that if you have a, a, a sleep paralysis if you have sleep paralysis that's another sign of you getting somewhere um, which i did have sleep paralysis the one time but always when i have sleep paralysis it's quite a scary thing for me always because like i see weird things in the room it's like terrifying actually not not that it's like i can't get out of my body or i'm trapped in my body it's like i feel like it's just this absolute terror and it's like i try and scream and it's like i can't scream or like i like i visualize like the drawers coming out of my bedroom or like strange things in my room like it's always like very scary to me and i remember that one it was like i was like getting pushed into the one corner of the room and I, it was it was um uh like something was sucking into the one side of the room and, and I, yeah and i couldn't but and or like you know i'm talking about sleep prayers before this out of body experience like um whenever i've had it it's like I can see what's going on, sort of, but it's 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 a it's a weird stage of consciousness. It's not like I'm not completely awake. It's like it's a weird, I can't even explain it, but it's always very terrifying for me. And I always like try and scream and I can't even scream. I mean, you can't leave my body with it. But um, so I had that. So that was quite a like a, a indication that I was getting somewhere. And um and then he said that his experience was that he would he was doing that, and then he he woke up in a dream that he was around a table of like all of these elderly people and they're all deciding like about his progress, some kind of progress. And then they said, uh, I can't actually remember. It was one time I read this book ago. I read the book and then he kind of passed out on the table and hits his head like really hard on the table in the dream. Then he woke up in the bed Mm. and he stretched out his arm um, I don't know if he was rolling over or what he was doing, but he stretched out his arm, and it actually his arm went through the wall. And then he realized, oh my gosh, I'm I'm out of body. And then he like got out, and he and he like was around the room, and he saw himself in the body. And then he when he saw himself in the body, in the body, he came back into his body, which is usually a quite a, a normal thing because you see your body and you immediately think about your body, and then you you go straight to your body, and um. And uh, that's, and then he obviously then it changed his life and he became, and he wrote the book and he, and he also went to go work for the, the Monroe Institute and what, 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 and it, you know, and then they also with the out of body experiences, they always talk about that silver cord, like they, um, mm. and they say if the silver cord snaps, then you, then it's, it's over, you you did, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the book I think I read I read something that's very similar. It was called Journeys Out of Body. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the same because right, it sounds similar to Journeys Out of Body. That's Robert Monroe's books. I read his other yeah, two, so, but like uh, they were they got so surreal and it didn't sound like out of body experiences anymore. It sounded like it sounded like I don't know like really trippy kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't I couldn't get through it after a while. Um, as much as I love that kind of stuff, I just I kind of got a bit bored because it just seemed like he was just talking about <laughs> weird, like lucid dreaming, like fantasies or something. The silver, the silver cord that you mentioned, um, as far as I know, and and kind of what I've read from and, and people that have have experienced it, they've they've said that it's not it's not possible to snap your cord. The only time the cord can break or the cord breaks is when you pass away. 
So when you, when your physical body actually dies, then the cord dislodges. But that can that cannot happen because I know I remember somebody asked me a question about when I was when I was chatting to them about this. They said to me, "Are you not afraid that something's going to creep in?" You know, while you're away, something's going to like try and take over your body. And it's not possible. So I think this is also where there's a lot of misinformation that comes around. Uh, there was a movie, what was it called? Um, Insidious. I don't know if you saw those movies. There was like Insidious oh, 1, yeah. 2, and 3. The one the one kid actually gets lost. He gets, he astral projects. It's like a kind of normal thing for him. And um, he gets lost in the astral world. And his father has to go and go and find him. And there's entities trying to take over his body, but it's not possible. You, you can get something that hooks onto you and uh, kind of pe people have seen these things that like almost ring themselves around your neck and all sorts of stuff, but they cannot, they cannot enter while you are not there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's impossible. They can enter with you. So they can, they can, it's almost like a lingering entity or a lingering spirit that sits yeah, on your shoulder, on your head. Or, yeah, that's, a, that's exactly it. It's an attachment. But it cannot enter without you. You have to be back in your body. It's not possible that you can get lost. But that's also now, this like is a, obviously according to information that I've got from people that have, that have, that have been to the different dimensions. Because apparently, you, you were mentioning earlier that when you were kind of awake but not awake, paralyzed, you were seeing all these weird entities and stuff. So those are the, those entities are from the other dimensions. You remember we spoke about it in the first episode. The first uh, episode, yeah, uh, the dimension travels and it, like the entities that people were kind of seeing. So this kind of leads on from there with with the ETs. People were thinking, ah, oh, they're seeing these ETs, but it's actually these beings coming from other dimensions, mm. and we have access to those dimensions because we are able to actually project. But I think we've lost that ability. As human beings, I think we used to be able to do it quite frequently, um, going back a couple of thousand years. Yes. The Egyptians, I think, were doing it very, very regularly. Um, but uh, and I, I think the spiritual in, in those days, this, the they were very strong spiritually, and they were able to do these type of things. We've just lost all of that. Yeah. So I for know. us, it's very scary. Where for them, it was like you know when they when they're talking about the journeys underworld and the things they've been seeing, we think, ah, oh, it's just myth. But yeah. it's not. It's um, it's things that they actually did see and and the, the journeys that they they took. Yeah, it makes sense. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it also like I mean, even in um, Robert Monroe's book and William Buellman's book, they also like saw weird like entities and um, and also like other um other people have described coming back to their bodies and seeing like someone actually trying to get in their body and then they like get really scared and so there are like protected methods like before you go on these journeys to try and like protect the space that you're in and your body like I mean also with the modern mystery school like with when they were teaching astral travel to me there's like all these techniques of how to protect the space you're in and um you know saying like sort of prayers and and also I mean also if you go into all these courses and stuff there's always like like a certain prayers intentions um things you recite and like think about um uh, visualize beforehand to try and make it safe around you and, and like a safety bubble and to try and to protect you from having weird experiences with other entities and, and stuff like that so 
But then yeah, because you can get attacked. Of- eh? You can get attacked if you if you land up going into the lower dimensions. The entities, the entities there can attack you. Yeah. So it's there's also like, that, it's not to say that they're going to take over your body. It's, it's just that they can attack you. Yeah. Like they had some frightening experiences. Like Robert Monroe says, like he got attacked by these blobs. Like they were attacking him, and like, um, and he, and he was so exhausted when he came back to his body because he had been fighting these blobs. But but then it's also so funny because you're having this out of body experience. They say it's really real, and you're out of your body, and you can see everything around. But then they do say that they you know they go into the like living room, and sometimes the couch is like a little bit different to the couch that's actually there. You know, so I got it like a different mm, yeah. or a different color or something. So it's it's always so weird because that's why I want to have it myself so I can experience it and just see what what are they talking about? Like, how can it be realer than real? But then like there's all these differences, you know, that are like around anyway. Yeah, so to explain to explain that to explain the the, the differences, uh, I remember one part you were saying that he had walked through his mom's, I think it was his mom's um, lounge, and there was a couch and a couch that he he knew was like this leather type couch, but the one that was there was like one of these old wooden Victorian style couches, if I can recall that correctly, and he knew that this there was no such thing. That that couch identifies as a (laughs) yeah. But something happened later on, and the mom got rid of the old couch and she got the new couch, which was exactly what he had seen. Uh, yes. So, so it's actually the astral world is putting forward your thought and what you, you know, so the area that you're living, it shows you your projection of what you want. So, you're wanting a new 65 inch TV, and you go into your room, and it's something that you're wanting, and you can see it there. If you don't get it over a period of time, it disappears. Yes, because if you do get it, it's there. It's story. Yes, I, 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 one story where the, the the guy he was actual traveling and he kept on seeing a piano in the in the room mm. downstairs. The piano in the room downstairs. He's wondering what, why is this piano down the, in the room downstairs? And then his friend phoned him up the one day and said, "Hey, look, I'm getting rid of this old grand piano." And he, he still kept on seeing the grand piano. And he said, "Do you want this grand piano?" And he said, "No, I don't want the piano." And then the next day when he actually traveled, the PNA was gone. So it was like a possibility yeah. in the astral realm that could have manifested, but then he he uh he said no, and then it disappeared out of the astral world. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is also something that we've got to be careful with because although the astral world is um, you know, when you're in that in that, it's a different world, the things that you can manifest with thought. You've got to be careful with because you can bring that manifestation back with you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you, you you've got to be careful with the things that you're thinking of, uh, especially when you're on the other side, because um, you know sometimes you're thinking not great thoughts. Those manifestations can actually materialize in the real world. You just got to be careful with those things. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then also other things that they say that's it's great. Um, like if you want answers, like. Some of the benefits, because we haven't really talked about any of the benefits, is that you can see loved and dead uh, relatives and friends in the astral world. So that's what the one reason mm-hmm. we do astral travel. Another one is healing. You can um, you can get healing like in the astral world. Once you're in the astral, you can ask for healing. You can ask for um, or any kind of great um, things that you want to know about, like in existence mm-hmm. or I mean. Um, Father Gundy, the guy that's one of the head of this mystery school, he said he learned like um, things you would have to take, you know, years to learn. He would learn it in like two hours in the astral world, in the astral plane. You can also know what like people are like going through 
like if you're having a hard time with like a girlfriend or something and you can go into the Ashworth and say like, can you just please let me experience what she's going through so I can understand it and then it'll like make you experience it. You can go and see like... Um, the Masters. Masters, yeah, get bring back wisdom and uh, uh, right. you know, knowledge and... Um, Akashic Records are apparently there. You can find them as well out in the astral world. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it instead of just having a really kick-ass experience or a terrifying experience. Or, yeah, or <laughs> a <depends>. shit experience. <laughs> so, so yeah, listeners, be cautious and um, yeah, hundred percent. So I think we've we've kind of uh, we've deviated a little bit off topic, uh, William. Today <laughs> we were supposed yeah. to be uh, on, on the alchemy thing, but th- that's cool. What we'll do is we'll. Um, uh, on the next uh, on our next podcast um, next week we'll have uh, Julia on and she can kind of come through and explain a little bit about the uh, mystery schools and then we can chat about alchemy as well yeah at that time great yeah. man but in the meantime let's keep doing these CDs and let our listeners know how we start um, you know how progresses yeah because I need to get or... past one man I need to get past that one. <laughs> I've got it. I got it. I'll do it tonight. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when we chat again next week. Yeah. She's having tea with Buddha on the other end of the universe. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually like to do that. That's not that's that sounds like quite a cool idea. <laughs> okay, cool. Maybe I mean people say that they can meet each other in the astral plane. And there's that focus uh, 24 cafe or whatever that people go and chill out at it. So you can actually go if you, so that'd be great. If we, if we actually start actual traveling, we will try and meet each other and do something, maybe play a, a game of tennis or something in the actual world and um, let the viewers know <laughs> if that's possible. Is, is, are you talking about the cafe they were talking about in Paris? It's not quite in Paris, but it's in Paris, that one where everybody yeah. meets. Focus 20, it's part of the, I don't know. And then that- yeah, there's there's some there's some cafe in Paris apparently that everybody meets up in the, in the astral project in the astral world. Yes, it's part of the Monroe yeah. Institute Focus CDs or Focus yeah. Twenty Seven. Focus Twenty Seven, I think it is. So if we get to that CD, if that's part of the collection, maybe we'll meet up there. Have an astral. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, cool. <laughs> okay, All cool. Right, well, that's about. No, cool. Well, thank you. Um, thanks, uh, Will, um, for your time tonight. And then thanks to everybody for listening. Um, oh, I hope you'll come back and listen to us on our next uh, next podcast. Uh, this time we'll definitely be talking about alchemy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, guys, uh, have a good evening and uh, we'll check you next week. Okay. Cheers, man. Cheers, man.